Hey folks, Larry from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Have you been trying to figure out what subscription box to sign up for? If you're a movie buff, then I've got what you need, baby. Horror Pack. For just $19.99 each month, you'll get three DVDs and an exclusive. Or you can spend $24.99 and snag three Blu-rays and an exclusive each month. Just go to horrorpack.com and pick your plan. Now, you've been told what to do, so go do it. Horrorpack.com Go! Gotta hurry before the batteries run out. Go, 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 go. Alrighty, folks, it's time for another Achieving Rally the Podcast. This one's gonna be a weird one, I, I think. Let's see, um, we go on WikiHow, that's been a lot of fun, by the way, and uh, we're gonna talk about spam and cults, and if you really want to get weird, maybe we'll talk about a spam cult. Maybe we'll start a spam cult. Mmm, spam cult. Alright, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Team Rally the Podcast. We'll see you at the end. Bye. Hey guys! Hey! So um gonna do another one of these things. Talk's really cool. <laughs> New news. Another what? Another wiki how. How? Yes. Uh. How to eat spam. No, no, no. Just like that. With a fork. There's three ways. With a knife and fork. Spam is a can. And, and if, if you can't get out of the can, with a spoon. Spam. Because it's moist. <laughs> spam is a canned meat. How much spam would you have to eat out of a can with a spoon for it to fall out of the can? Just enough to get around the sides. So, I guess one spoon really <laughs> matters how big the spoon is, too. All the way down to the bottom spoon. <laughs> Get it all the way. Spam is a canned meat product known around the world for its iconic blue label and endless versatility. It's the duct tape of food. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's brown spam, I, I make it into burgers. Since it's pretty. Can pre- you just slice it? Yeah, you can. Instead of just grinding it up and petting it, stuff, you can just slice it, right? Since it's pre-cooked, it can be enjoyed hot or cold and makes a ready addition to any number of foods. Try cooking some up some up some spam and using it in place of other meats. I mean, it's true. I mean, you could dice it up, put it in a salad. Yeah. You could dice it up, smoke it, put it in a salad. You could dice it up. You just grind it up and smoke it. You just grind it up and it. So I got a very good draw. Boy, am I feeling good. Did you dry it out first? Oh, oh, no wonder it doesn't stay lit. Try cooking some Spam and using it in place of other meats in some of your favorite dishes, such as burgers, tacos, and flied lice. That's the project we have to do. Flied lice? No. Smoke Spam? Spam jerky. Well, we'll have to wait until we get the new studio. Studio uh, A version 2. A.2? Yeah. Because, you know, you've been talking about making jerky. That's <laughs> true. Let's just spam in there to see what happens. I'm game. I think it'll be interesting. What are these lines of powder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, it's all over the carpet. You can even have spam for breakfast by oh, mixing it into the a jerky out of the oven, and I sneezed, and, <laughs> you were, and the whole place smells like spam now. You were pulling your jerky for breakfast out of the oven. I don't, I don't know why you got your jerky in the first place, Chris. You been hanging out with Klaus? I'm not sure I did. Putting your jerky in the oven. Uh, you can even have spam for breakfast by mixing it into a hearty skillet, hash, uh, or add it to donuts for a sweet and savory dessert. I've heard of that. I have not. One! Enjoying sp- or method one. <laughs> one, with two fingers. <laughs> method, method A! Method, method F! Enjoying spam on its own. Fry your spam in a skillet to give it a crisp finish. Pour one point one to two finish? Yep. Pour one to two <laughs> tablespoons. No, I'm gonna go with lacquer. Of oil into your skillet and place it on a cooktop over medium heat until the oil just begins to shimmer. Then cut the spam into one-inch slices and fry them for two to three minutes. Then flip them and do it another one to two minutes. One Afterwards, that's what it says. That seems like a pretty thick piece of spam. That's what it says. Hmm. Afterwards, you'll have a perfectly crusty exterior in a soft, meaty thinner. <laughs> do the same thing by dumping it into mulch. Be careful not to burn your spam. The meat product is pre-cooked, so it won't need very long. Frying spam is one of the best ways to prepare if you've never eaten it before and you're apprehensive about the texture. Because it is a bit moist. Now, here's one that is confusing to me. Because we don't have round spam. And they're showing me pictures of round spam. Maybe it's an off-brand. Maybe. Two. <laughs> Just coming out of an extruder. <laughs> the circular cans. So the extruder. Slice it off. <laughs> Slice it off. <laughs> Bake your Spam in the oven to reduce its fat and sodium it's, content. It's a subsidiary of Play-Doh. Plam! <laughs> New our products. Extruded meat stuff. <laughs> no, that's McDonald's hamburger. Set your oven to 425, 450, and allow it to begin preheating. While the oven is warming up, line a baking sheet with parchment and arrange the slices of plam on top, leaving about one inch of space between each. Bake the spam for 10 to 12 minutes or until it starts to brown on the edges. If you're watching your waistline, bake your spam slices on a grill pan or wire rack to drain off some excess fat. If you're watching your waistline, don't eat spam. (laughs) Three... Try to cut down on my fat, so I'm using a grill with my Spam. (laughs) Throw Spam on the grill for a mouth-watering, charred-broiled flavor. Preheat your grill and wait for it to get nice and hot. Then distribute your Spam sliced evenly across the grill top and cook for one to two minutes. Once the slicer heated through on their first side, flip them over to give them another minute or so on the other until they reach the desired doneness. You'll know your Spam is ready to come off the grill when it's slightly darker in color and crisscross with perfect grill marks. Top each slice with a juicy pineapple ring. It's not gonna come off of grill marks crisscross unless you've taken it off the grill and- Set it back down another way. Method four, Spam Tartare. Nope, microwave single servings of Spam. Cut into minute cubes and dress with balsamic. Yeah, I don't know, that'd be really, really salty at that point. Balsamic vinegar is a high salt content too. Microwave single servings of Spam for one to two minutes. Cut the Spam into slices or strips, then pop them into the microwave for 30 to 60 seconds at a time. In just a couple of minutes, you'll have a hot, satisfying meal that pairs easily with any number of foods. Don't forget to remove the Spam from its can before putting it in the microwave. Or don't. Don't be opening it either. Just poke (laughs) a single tiny hole in the top. In the bottom. It just spews all over the, the thing. 
Five. So you could like make SLTs with that. Spam lettuce and tomato. Yeah. Well, yeah. Spam right yeah. out of the which can. Is, which is the abbreviation for salt. Yeah. <laughs> SLT. That, yeah. Five. You can eat spam right out of the can. One of the best things about Spam is it comes fully cooked, which means it's not strictly necessary to cook it at all. This can be a major plus if the power goes out, you find yourself without proper cookware. <laughs> He's just sitting alone in the dark on the couch, eating Spam out of a can with a spoon. That's the picture. That's a metaphor for my life. <laughs> That's the picture they have. It's a spoon jammed into the top of a can of Spam. I'm not telling anyone about this. <laughs> Selfie. Yeah. Or you're just looking for something quick and easy and filling to wolf down. Bring a few cans of Spam along with you on your next all-day hike or camping trip. Since it doesn't require heating, it makes a perfect high-protein snack. So I'm gone for an all-day hike, and I've brought multiple cans of Spam. Well, you and your friends. Well, that means this is if you go on an all-day hike. Just like clanging around in your back. Clackle, 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 clackle. Four cans of Spam. Yeah, I got some lunch and... Noonsies and uh, <laughs> I got breakfast and second breakfast and elevensies and lunch and second lunch and onesies and twosies. Keep in mind that when you straight from the feel can, so good. <laughs> that's probably the seven strokes you had coming off the mountain. Keep in mind when eating straight in from the can, sand is a softer, gelatinous texture, which people might find unappetizing. No. <laughs> Method two, making Spam the main course. <laughs> it's the that got me. Put on a platter. Eat your Spam on a sandwich or burger. Prepare one or more slices of Spam using your preferred cooking method. And slap it between two pieces of bread. Sous vide. And slap it between... Oh, you seen that thing? What, a sous vide main? No, no, it's a, it's a, they spell it different, but they call it a sous vide kitchen system. You put it in, you put food in there, and it'll refrigerate it until a certain time, mm-hmm. and then it will cook it to be ready at a certain time. So it'll be like, like, you know, set your coffee maker to make coffee when you get up? Yeah. You do the same thing, but with food. That's kind of neat. It's got to be expensive as hell, though. It has like a refrigerator in it. Where was I? I keep seeing it on YouTube. Slap it between two pieces of bread. The canned Wonder Food can also be eaten on a burger. Says Wonder Food. Uber Food. Can be eaten on a burger as a more substantial alternative to bacon or as the burger patty itself. Pile on crisp lettuce, juicy tomatoes, sweet onions. I love bacon, but it's so thin. (laughs) I need a two-inch slab of Spam (laughs) on top of my burger. Or any other toppings or condiments. And then dig in. If you're on a low-carb or gluten-free diet, you can even substitute fried slices of Spam for bread to double down on your protein intake. Like KFC. You could eat a Spoobin. That just sounds bad. Spam Reuben. What, what happened to Martin? Oh, you hear Spoobin. <laughs> He's going to be out for weeks. Or a Spam LT. That's LT. Yeah. Or a deep-fried Spam Monte Cristo. I used to put on like a grilled cheese. Yeah. Spam and cheese. Start your day with a hearty Spam skillet hash. Didn't you already say that? Well, now I'm explaining how to do the... Uh, put Spam in a skillet. First, dice, a, t- first, dice a, tan, a tan, a tin of Spam into one-inch cubes. A and tin then Spam. <laughs> them gently ew, over low-medium heat. Once they start to brown up, add one cup of parboiled potato chunks... Along with potato chunks, along with thin <laughs> slices of white onion, green bell, and salt, and 
pepper to taste. Oh, please salt it some more. Yeah. Cook everything together until it's hot and crispy. And enjoy with a steaming mug of coffee or a glass of fresh-squeezed OJ. Hey, cut it out. That hurts. Oh, you had this coming. <laughs> Crack an egg or sprinkle a handful of shredded cheese on top of your hash. Or both. As it finishes to cooking to make it even more filling. Or for a last-minute breakfast that doesn't require as much prep, simply toss some cube spam in with your scrambled eggs. Or you're going to do the hash thing. You're throwing some onions and a scattered smother. And there you go. Three. Covered put, in the spam would be chunks. Put together a tasty spam musubi. Spam musubi is popular Hawaiian snack oh. that has its root in traditional Japanese cuisine. See what all the fuss is about. Grill or fry a slice of spam. Then pat out a block of sushi rice into the same shape and place it on top. Wrap a sheet of nori around your filling ingredients. Now you lost me there. Hold them together. And then, well, eat. Then immediately take the nori off and eat the rest of if you're having trouble getting the nori to stick, nori to stick to stay sealed, wet the pad of your finger and run along the lower of the two lapping edges before sticking it down. You can also use your leftover rice and nori to make hand rolled, rolled spooshy. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Make some spooshy? No, edible hot glue. Some kind of sugar-based or something. Yeah, I'm trying to figure, because sugar would end up drying too hard and hot glue is still kind of rubbery. We're just using it for things like keeping the nori from unrolling or... Fair enough. Fry up some sponuts. Trim one-inch slices of spam into large circles, then cut smaller circles out of the center of the slices. Fry your sponuts in a spacious skillet filled with two inches of cooking oil for about two minutes per side and allow them to cool for an additional two to three minutes before getting your munch on. To keep your frying oil from scorching between batches, use an oil with a high smoke point like olive, vegetable, canola, or panut. If you like a little more donut with your spam donut or sponut, dice the canned meat into tiny cubes and mix it by hand into rings of homemade dough to turn it into an actual sponut. Or you could just make the rings of the roundels of spam and put it in the middle of your bagel. No, then be a spagel. Spaggle. Spaggle. Uh, I thought that'd be a lot, a lot more appetizing than what a spaggle than the sponut. The method three, incorporating spam into your favorite. I did not know these were going to be this long. We don't have to read them all. <laughs> incorporating spam into your favorite dishes. Conquer your hunger with zesty spam street tacos, loaded corn tortillas with chunks of pan-fried spam, along pickled pearl onions, cojita cheese, cilantro. Customize your tacos with add-ons like grilled japalenos, mango, sour cream, homemade guacamole, or pimpi de gallo. Or you could do spiros or pizza. Or teriyaki wonton spam. Or spam eggs. Or spramen. Spramen. They already do that. Top a, top a salad for... I've, I've had it over done at the Hawaiian place. Yeah, I was going to say, they, that already exists. Top a salad with spam for a light lunch. Light? <laughs> Whip up some spam fried rice. Yeah. Uh, serve spam, spam pot stickers as an addictive appetizer. I gotta read this one. Combine finely diced spam with a grated ginger, minced garlic, and green onion, chopped cabbage, and sesame oil. Stuff your filling into your store bought dumpling Stuff skins. Stuff your filling. And crimp the edges closed. Blanch your uh, pot stickers in a pot of boiling water, then cool them in an ice bath, and then brown them on both sides in a well oiled skillet. Brown them on both sides without a torch. Well, here's the first question Is eating spam good for you? It's good for the soul. 
I don't think many people would consider Spam a health food. Spam is high in fat and salt and doesn't have high level of nutrients. Spam is a processed schmeat that contains sodium nitrate and processed meats that have been linked to certain negative health consequences. Uh, nobody eats Spam for the health benefits. Not even the light Spam, you know? I fed Spam to my dog. Is that okay? No! Don't feed Spam to your dog again. It is very high salt content and can make your dog very sick. Spam is, oh, uh, what is Spam? Spam is a processed ham food in the same vein of food such as deviled ham, potted meat, and corned just beef. Just because it has a high salt content doesn't necessarily make it bad for the dog. You just don't want to continually feed it to them. Well, I think that's kind of what they're, well, I mean, you scare people off the bat, and then, you know, it's if like a if little they, falls on the floor, they're okay with it, but if they're not handing them half a Spam. It doesn't have, like, onions or something that's poisonous to them. Mm, fair enough. And they don't get a hold of your chocolate-covered Spam. Chocolate covered onion spam. Spunion. <laughs> Chocolate covered onion spam. Spunion. Ooh. This is a very interesting flavor. It's a choco spunion. All right, so there you go. So, uh. Um, yeah, three months from now, we're going to be in a store somewhere and see chocolate spunions. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so familiar. Why is. What is a chocolate spunion? We got to do this for the show. Reviewing a product we inadvertently created. I should hunt down those candles and light one and we can talk about it. For a few minutes. Yeah. Before we start gasping <laughs> and running out the door. And Rizzo comes into a whole house that smells like poo. <laughs> All right, so Q. What happened? Larry had a milkshake. <laughs> Q Spusic. We're doing another one of these? Hey, Larry. Hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. <laughs> it's time for I some know more. No, we're questioning each other's identity. <laughs> it's time for some more Wiki How. I know this is not a video podcast, but I'm pretty sure it's you. <laughs> I don't know any good Larry impersonators. I don't know any Larry impersonators. Coming next week. The only one that comes close is Matt, and he doesn't do a very good job of it. Hey, if you do a good Larry impersonation, send it in. <laughs> Hey, since we know no one's listening, go right ahead. I got 20 emails yesterday. <laughs> Off of Podbean. How to tell. Here's, a new, oh, here's another wiki how. Yeah, let's start with the introduction here. We did what do you got for us, Larry? <laughs> I'm getting a little goofy, Chris. All right, take two. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. What do you got for us today, Chris? Whatever it is that you have on your laptop there. <laughs> it's another wiki how. Mr. Zillow explains. <laughs> Mr. Zillow explains. Weird news. Yeah, it's a wiki how. <laughs> Stupid wiki. Stupid wiki. How to tell if your church is a cult. <laughs> Religious cult. Is their address code. <laughs> That's generally a good indication. Religious cults are groups of people who adhere to a strict belief system and organize around a charismatic leader, unlike a church, where none of the leaders are charismatic. A religious cult is destructive, not always, and uses fear and manipulation to command no, their memberships. Because no legitimate church has ever been destructive. No, not at all. Mm -mm. 
if you evaluate Scientology, if you evaluate their doctrine... You can't just say one. <laughs> they all got their closets. Examine their practices and take your time to look at the church objectively if you can determine whether an organization is a legitimate church or a cult. Do they have branches? Or is it just one group of people beaten in the woods? <laughs> Method one, evaluating the doctrine. Read the church's rules. Cults thrive on unquestioning obedience of their membership. Often, cults' rules will be arbitrary, and many of them will benefit the leader or the leadership of the cult. Also, there are also harsh, often harsh punishes. Also, there are often harsh punishments for breaking the rules, including excommunication or mandatory physical labor like Scientology. And it says that. Two, determine what would happen if you left the church. Cults will often have a severe punishment in place for those who decide to leave the church. How are they going to punish you if you're not there? The thing is, they're not going to tell you that up front. Common consequences could include a punishment directly from God or being prevented from talking to family or friends within the church. Most cults don't have a written-out rules list. They they have a guy who decides what that sort of thing is. Yeah, the leader. Three, beware of denunciation sessions. A denunciation session are public displays of humiliation where the uh, leader of the church will humiliate you in front of other members. The church mandates groups and activities like this. It's a sign it could be a cult or the Seventh-day Adventists. We learned that because Marissa knew a bunch of people in it, and they used to lambast you in front of the entire church. Mm-hmm. You sure that wasn't just that one church? No, it's all of them. Citation needed. I'm, I'm okay, but I'm telling you. No, that's for legal reasons. No. Oh. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Four, avoid churches that obsess over prophecy or talk of mass suicide. Yeah, the mass suicide thing, that's a pretty good indication that you should find something else to do. And if the man running it happens to have changed his name from Steve Farfenberger to John Jones, leave. If the leader has changed their name, period. Well, no, not necessarily. No, no. Because there's, I mean, Muhammad Ali changed his name from Cassius Clay. He wasn't the leader of a group. Um, I understand that, but I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, when I say leader of a group, I mean, like the founder, if the founder of the church has changed their name for one reason Well, or another. if it's changing it to, like, from Jimmy Goldfarb to Mahal Chantalage, then yeah, you run. Well, I mean, if, if he was Douglas. But if it's like, you know, Douglas Fairbanks, he changes it to Jim Cook. Well, who cares? Still, this is a warning flag. Or if he changes his name to like Silver Stardon, you know. Rainbow. Rain- Actually, if he changes his name to Rainbow, just punch him in the junk. And leave. And then leave. Sorry, your name was what? Well, it was this, but now it's Rainbow. <laughs> Rainbow. I'm out. <laughs> Later. Many cults will obsess over fabricated prophecy that doesn't align with churches in the same religion or talk about mass suicide. The churches preaches about scary, unavoidable prophecies or suicide. It's probably a cult. Why do I feel like I should be saying, you're probably in a cult after, after this? If then again, the mass suicide thing is probably not something they bring up at the beginning of this, uh, your initiation. No, no. Probably about two weeks in, though. No. Or somebody... Around will be like, so have you learned about the, uh, the Great Awakening? The Great Awakening or the long sleep? If they're getting ready for a big spiritual event that happens within a few years and they have a date for it, yeah, leave, leave. 
See, like, you know, Christianity, the Reckoning, or the Armageddon, or whatever. Oh, yeah, Armageddon, the, whatever that, it is. You yeah. Know. yeah. The, the, what, no, what is it called? Um, the next Left Behind movie. Things we don't know when it's coming. You know? Or care. Uh, five, evaluate whether the church requires you to isolate yourself. Well, see, now that's not 100% true, because there are monks yeah. that isolate themselves. Well, they usually isolate themselves among other monks. No, no, no. Even within that, certain ones will set themselves apart for like a year do their thing to become closer to God, and then they join the rest of the ranking of the monks. So that this one's a little on the a little on the fence just by from that. I haven't read into the rest of it. Cults use isolation so they can manipulate you and prevent you from figuring out that the organization is a cult. Avoid churches who require mandatory isolation or cutting of tithes with family or friends. Okay, so you know that's different. Yeah, if they- if you're a monk. All the other monks know you're going to be going into isolation for, yeah, let's they, just say, a month or a year. Yeah, but they're insisting that you remove yourself from family and friends. That's Yeah, monks aren't. They're like, no. Uh, well, for this time period, you can't talk to anybody. But when you come out, yeah, you will, you know, you're free to communicate if you haven't taken the vow of silence or whatever. Anyways. Six, determine if they have an elitist doctrine. Oh, like government. Uh, like most organizations. Many cults will have an elitist doctrine that sees themselves as superior to those outside of the cult. Cults will often convince members that they are an elite group of people who are born to save the world or change the course of human history. If you notice an elitist or arrogant personality, so most of the people who live out here, uh, from the members, it could be a cult. I mean, that's, that's kind of true of almost anything, though. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's elitists in business. That I mean, other churches. I mean, yeah, you know, you're not you're not a whatever whatever. You're going to hell. You know? Yeah. Yes, I know. Me being a whatever whatever is told has been told well, I mean, quite even... many times over my lifetime. I'm going to hell. Uh, method two: examining behavior. Avoid churches that give special benefits to higher members. So uh, Scientology. That's true of any Amway for fuck's sake. But Scientology, you actually have to pay to get to the next level. Yeah, I know. Uh, Two, recognize typical traits of a cult leader. Watch the leader of the church and examine their behavior. Determine if they're really trying to spread their religion or just their seed. Or uh, out for personal gain. Avoid churches who have arrogant, pompous, or angry leaders. Southern Baptists? Allegedly. (laughs) Three, avoid churches that employ mind control techniques. Disney? Well, how would you know? Things like hypnosis. Have you reported your mind control session? No, I haven't been yet. Oh, yeah, let me show you. Group peer pressure and mandatory isolation, back to that, are common mind control techniques that religious cults use to control their members. Try to identify times that the church has made these things mandatory and avert any, avert, avoid any church that employs these tactics. Question the rules. If you ask questions about the group's rules and the church's leaders become defensive or angry... You might be in a cult. That also applies to a lot of churches, too. Well, just religion in general. Yeah. What was this with this third commandment? Yeah. I'm not really big on this. Just don't do it. Eleventh commandment. Thou shalt not smoke weed in my presence unless you give me some, too. That's probably a cult. (laughs) Or a division of Christianity that I have not been exposed to. It's a division of Neil. Five, determine if the church uses intimidation or manipulation. Cult will use threats and fears to keep their membership in line. This could come in the form of calamities sent by God or the threat of isolation from family and friends. And they already said that okay. once, but... But then again, these things are not going to be presented to you when you're joining. 
Exactly. Six, beware of churches who require you to perform unwanted favors. You. If the church members or leadership consequently consistently pressure you into doing favors for them that are outside the scope of the church, it's a sign that you're in a cult. These favors can cut into your time and could include things like picking things up from the store, physical label, or financial contribution. So, so this, this third one is very redundant, so I'm not even going to read those. So I'll read the very last one. Be honest with yourself. Think about the church's goals and how it treats its members. If you find something disturbing, wrong, or morally corrupt, it's a good sign the church may be a cult. Churches exist to benefit the many. If you don't feel like the church is doing that, it may be a cult. So here's a question. I have a red flag. My adult daughter has taken her new church family as her own family. Biological family is no part of her life. Does that sound right? No. Removing fathers from outside the relationship is classic cult behavior. So they went through this whole thing. I missed that one. And didn't read that one that was up there three times. Yeah. A church which members consist of family and a few friends established in 1970 and has not grown in members, 50 members max. You can't be certain it's just based on the size. Think of other factors, like whether the membership is exclusive or if you're allowed to speak to other people outside the church. Do a search online to see if you can find any negative testimonials from ex-members. That really wasn't a question, though. That was kind of a statement. It's an answer. And then they just answered a statement with a statement. If a church wants you to convert people, is that a sign of a cult? No. No, that's religion. That's a church. Not necessarily many religions instruct members to spread the word of God and recruit new members to the church. It can be a sign of a cult, though, so keep an eye out for other suspicious practices. Now, recruitment meetings, that's that's a sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't, see, you don't see the Catholics going out and having recruitment meetings, running a school gymnasium or something. For How do I get out of a cult? Try the methods in how do I leave a cult? I'm just going to read these off really fast. How to leave a cult. Get in your car and go. Pack your things. You're in a cult that lives in a compound, shared living situation, such as a subdivision community, your shared home. Pack a bag. And bring a change of clothes. That's a good sign you're in a cult, too, if they have a compound. Yeah, or, a sub, or just a subdivision. Uh, make a list of people who could help you. Think about every person you know outside Leader of the cult that could potentially help you. Yeah. Find another place to stay. If you're leaving a living cult arrangement, try and find a safe place to stay. Or find an opportunity to get away. If you're not allowed to come and go freely, you may have to make a break for it when other people visit the cult or when you're taking outside the cult's shared home or community. Stop attending services or meetings. Yeah. That's that's a helpful idea. So part two, staying safe. Keep your plans secret. Don't tell anyone. Document your interactions with group members after you leave. Unless you completely cover your tracks, you can expect to hear from other members from the cult after you get away. Get out and change your name. Focus on yourself instead of trying to rescue other people in the cult. Decide whether to involve law enforcement or not. Recovering emotionally is the third part. Work on your boundaries. Stay strong in your decision to leave the cult. Keep in mind that many cults are well-intentioned and may do many good things. Well, like, a lot of cults don't start out as a cult. They believe in what they're doing, and they think they're doing a good thing, and then... Hare Krishna. Because, I mean, sure, Jim Jones didn't start out with the idea of Jonestown. Actually, yes, he did. That was all part of his whole thing. He wanted to have a utopia where everybody could live. I mean, the ending of Jonestown. Well, no, he didn't think of the ending of it, but he did want a... Because he had a couple of large properties, and they kept raiding his properties. Yeah, I'm just saying that he didn't, but the end of Jonestown, what people already refer to as Jonestown, no, well, that's yeah. not, that wasn't in the plan to begin with. No. Three, seek support from people you know outside of the cult. Many people will be sympathetic to you, even if they fully don't understand the challenges you're facing. 
Four, connect with others like you through support groups. I didn't know they had those. That would Oh, wow. There's an actual website to yeah. it, too. CultRecovery101.com slash recovery dash links. Hmm. There you go. Be prepared for the cult to shun you. Well, who cares? Well, uh, I know, unless you've got family in it, I get it. But I mean, I mean, otherwise, you who might cares? Have, you might have friends in there, too. You know? uh, learn about other people's experiences leaving the cult or watch Leah Remini's thing. Continue to explore your ideas and beliefs. See a counselor. How should I leave the cult of AA? Stay sober and don't relapse. Uh, I don't cult? honestly think AA is a cult. And the cult of AA? What's the term for being debriefed from a cult? It's called deprogramming. Yeah. What if every third person I see is part of the cult, even outside its physical boundaries? No, you are not alone. You must stay strong in your survival blah blah. Every third person. That's a battle. I mean, that would be like the, fleeing Christianity. Yeah. What cult are you leaving? How do I leave a cult if my parents are the leaders and I'm a kid? Best thing to do is get help from CPS or local authorities. It may be difficult, but keep telling people until they help you. What if the cult told me that Jehovah was going to destroy me if I left the cult? They've been saying that since 1914. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Uh, Finding out if your church is a cult, and then if you've been in it for a while, leaving said cult. It's, I mean, we laugh, but if you're really in a cult, then yeah, it, well, seek help. And if you're really in a cult and you're listening to this, just play them this, and they'll kick you out. Or harsh punishments will ensue. Or they'll start a whole other branch based around the podcast, which will be really weird. No, it could happen. No, jerk. So cute. I'm, I'm not ready to be an icon. Cute. <laughs> I am. So cute cultist music. And there you have it, everybody. I bet you think your religion is a cult because most of them are. But uh, yeah. So uh, hope you really enjoyed it. Me, I love spam. I'm thinking about starting a cult. So hey, why not? You know, get that free money. Money, money, money. Um, yeah, I'm done. I got nothing else. All right, so for Chris, Marissa, in parentheses, and everybody else involved, I'm Larry saying, see ya. Hey there, listeners. Larry here. If this is your first time listening, then, hey, how's it going? If you're listening with a friend or just kind of ran into us, I can help you find us some more. You can find us by searching on Spotify or Podbean by typing in Achieving Reality in the search bar, or you can go on Facebook and type in Achieving Reality and find us that way. Thanks a whole lot, and keep enjoying the show. We love y'all. Rainbow!